We're going to turn to our Bibles right now, and we're going to turn to Ruth chapter 2, and then after that, we'll get the boys and girls to come up. But we're going to turn to Ruth chapter 2, and you'll find that on page 267, 267 in the Pew Bible. As I said last week, we're over three weeks going to attempt to go through the, the whole book of Ruth. And, and so today we're going to attempt to make our way through chapter 2 and 3. And so we're going to read Ruth chapter 2 now, and then later in our service we'll turn to Ruth chapter 3. So Ruth chapter 2, reading from verse 1. This is God's word. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord... Bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from the morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I've told you the men, told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you're thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You've put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I did not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until the evening. Then she freshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, 
Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is a close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they've finished harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished and she lived with her mother-in-law. Amen. We thank God for his word. Uh, we're going to turn to Ruth chapter 3 and we're going to read uh, Ruth chapter 3 together. And again, you'll find that on page 269. This is God's word. One day Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the freshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the freshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian, redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to do this, his duty as, a gar as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the freshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it, hold it, hold it out. When she did so, he poured it into six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? 
Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley and saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Amen. And we thank God for his word. Uh, please keep your Bibles open at Ruth chapter 2 and, and 3, and we're going to think about these uh, verses together. But let me uh, pray before we come to consider God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have spoken to us, that you have not left us in the dark, but you have chosen to reveal yourself to us through these words of Scripture. And so, Lord, as we turn now, uh, we want to hear your voice. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak through your words. Help us to wrestle with your words. And may you fill our minds with uh, that image of who Christ is. And may you warm our hearts with his loving kindness and the gospel story. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, this week, I was reminded of the story of uh, Thomas Boston. Uh, he was a, a Scottish Presbyterian theologian in the late 1600s, early 1700s. And he wrote on almost every uh, Christian doctrine that, that you can think of. Uh, he taught from every book of the Bible. He faithfully pastored in one place for over 25 years. And, but this week, I was reminded that his story was a heartbreaking story. Uh, he himself was uh, prone to seasons of great discouragement. He suffered uh, with health problems. His wife suffered a chronic physical illness. And their greatest trial was they lost six of their 10 children. Um, really, really heartbreaking story. And after suffering such heavy loss, many people would be tempted to, to turn away from God to abandon their faith, but Thomas Boston didn't. And it was because he, he knew about the Lord's sovereignty and life and death, but also he believed in the kindness and the goodness of God. So rather than turning away from God, he turned towards God, his refuge, his help, and his comfort. And when life is really harsh and really bitter, as we've been discovering in the book of Ruth. Yes, we need to go know that God is in control, but we also need to know that he is immeasurably kind. And that's what we discover in Ruth 3 and 4. Last week, we considered how life leaves us sometimes feeling empty, and our only hope is to turn to the Lord who is sovereign in life and death. But this week, we're going to consider when we turn to the Lord. What or who do we find? And what we'll discover is we find that the Lord is a place of refuge, that the Lord is someone who is abundantly kind. And so in the storms of life, we can find refuge in him and in his Redeemer. And so the first thing we see is the Lord is abundantly kind. Remember last week, Ruth and Naomi, they come back from Moab and, and they arrive in the land of God's people. But things have been really sad. Elimelech has died. Malon and Killian have died. 
Uh, Ruth comes back with Naomi. Uh, she comes back with her mother-in-law. Um, and there's this little glimmer of hope because the harvest is starting. And so we left off last week with that glimmer of hope, wondering, will they be made full? But remember, we also considered that there's this other problem. And remember how we thought about this? We thought that in their time and place, and no husband is, is really bad. And that's the problem here, that Ruth has no husband. And in that day and in that time and in that place, no husband is bad news because in that culture, they needed a husband to provide and to care for a widow in her old age. Um, but also, we thought about how, how it was so important for a husband so that the name of, of a family could continue in the land of promise, in God's, in God's promised land. And we thought about how a sure in the promised land is a sure in the promises of grace that God has made to his people. And so this is a really big problem. And so we wonder how will things turn out for this family? They've turned back to God, but who or what do they find? Well, chapter two begins with more hope. It begins by introducing us to Boaz. And he's from the family line of Elimelech. And with the introduction of Boaz to this story, and as we think about Boaz in, this, in these chapters, we're going to see that the Lord is abundantly kind through Boaz. That's what we're going to see. But Ruth and Naomi, they haven't met Boaz yet. Instead, this chapter begins with Ruth, and as she says to Naomi, then I'm going to go and head out in the fields and pick up the leftover grain in the fields. Uh, the modern day equivalent might be going out to rummage through the rubbish tips. That's how bad things have got for Ruth and Naomi. But Ruth believes that there will be leftover grain in the fields because in the law of Moses at that time, uh, the harvesters were meant to harvest the field but leave the edges unharvest so that the poor could come along and, and gather some food. Uh, just as the Lord is abundantly kind, he makes laws for his people to show abundant kindness to others. I wonder, is that what people would say of this congregation? Uh, that I don't know much about them, but I know that they're abundantly kind. In Acts 4, uh, that's what the church is known for, kindness. And we're told that there wasn't a needy person among them. I wonder, do we show kindness like that? Especially to those around us that are struggling. The Lord is abundantly kind, and so should we be. And so Ruth heads out into the field, and she experiences the kindness of one of God's people. She ends up in the field of Boaz, and, and just then Boaz arrives back from Bethlehem, and he says to the harvesters, Lord be with you. And then he notices Ruth, and he says, what is this, or, or who does this young woman belong to? Which family is she from? And someone says she's a Moabite from Moab, and she's come, came back with Naomi. So Boaz turns to Ruth, and he's insistent. He says, listen up, Ruth. Uh, don't go to any other fields. Stick in this field. Stay with my workers. He assures her that no one's going to harm her. Remember, this is the day of the judges. It's a wicked and morally chaotic day. But he says, no one's going to harm you here. He assures her that he'll provide plenty of water for her. He becomes her protector, her provider. The Lord is being so generous and so kind to Naomi and Ruth through this man. 
And isn't it often through the, the kindness of God's people we experience the Lord's kindness? A loved one is ill, but someone kindly drops a meal at the door. Uh, you're having a hard time in work and someone drops a kind message or, 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 or simply says, look, have a night off. I look after the kids. Often the Lord uses God's people in our lives and we see and experience his kindness through others. That's what Ruth experiences and Ruth is amazed. She says, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? She's so conscious that she's an outsider. But Boaz tells her that he's heard all about her and what she's done for Naomi. And he says, may the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded, the God of Israel under whose wings you've come to take refuge. And can you imagine what these words meant to Ruth, the outsider, the, uh, these are the first kind words she's heard since she left Moab. But Boaz notices her and he recognizes her. And he recognizes that when she left Moab to, to come back, she was leaving behind her homeland and its gods and turning to take refuge in the Lord. And Boaz kindly prays that the Lord will grant Ruth the refuge that she's seeking. Boaz speaks so kindly to her. I wonder when someone new walks through our doors or when someone new moves to our street, uh, do we have the same warmth and, and kindness in our words? Boaz just doesn't have kind words. Rather, he invites Ruth to his table to draw near and experience his kindness. And again, we could learn a lot here. We've been blessed with homes and, and do we use them as, as an opportunity to show kindness to others? Boaz invites Ruth to have some of the best food. And according to verse 14, she, she eats all she wants and, and she's some left over. This is poor, empty, and destitute Ruth, and now she's made full. Boaz is the one who provides, but ultimately behind it all, it is the Lord who is abundantly kind. And still he's abundantly kind. And he's still willing to make People like us, full. So often we're consumed with desires and wants and never satisfied, but the Lord in his kindness can make us full. We want intimacy and he can provide us with that, he can satisfy that desire. And we want to be happy and he's able to fill us with joy. We want to belong to a people, a place and a community and he's able to meet that longing. Do you see how kind the Lord is? In Boaz, we're to see a picture of the Lord's kindness. And there's more to this picture. After Boaz has invited Ruth to the table, he then goes above and beyond. He, he commands his men to pull out the, the best bits of the harvest for her. Uh, you can imagine his men saying, look, Naomi, I've, I've left you a pile here. There's another over there. Take as much as you want. He goes above and beyond. The law of Moses only required them to leave the, the outer edges of the fields, but Boaz goes above and beyond. If you like, uh, you know, uh, the, the law of Moses, with the arrangement with the law of Mo Moses, is a little bit like those cafes where at the end of the day, and uh, they give all the food away, all their food away to, to homeless people. Uh, it's, it's really kind, but it, it's not the best food. Uh, but here, Boaz goes above and beyond this is like inviting the homeless to the finest restaurant, telling them to pick whatever they want before they're left full. 
and Boaz, we have a picture of the Lord's abundant kindness. And so at the end of a day's work, Ruth gathers everything up and and she carries it all back to Naomi, her mother-in-law, and she's going back with a shed load of food. And of course, just like when we receive a kind gift, we we look at the card, we wanna know who it's from. Uh, Naomi wants to know who this kindness is from. And so she says, she asks, who, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And Ruth says, the name of the man I work with today is Boaz. And Naomi says, the Lord bless him. Then she says, he has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead. Previously in chapter two, and Naomi said, the Almighty has made my life very bitter. But now she can see the Lord's kindness through this encounter with Boaz. And often when life is harsh, it can take us a moment before we catch a glimpse of the Lord's kindness. But here she notices it. Still, before we move on, there's one last detail in chapter two that we need to take notice of. She says, that man is a close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. And this is hugely significant. Ruth and Naomi, they've returned to the promised land and and what or who do they find? They find a redeemer named Boaz, a man from Bethlehem. And this is really significant because suddenly there's hope and anticipation. Perhaps this man can step in and preserve the family line and they can continue to have their share in the promised land and the promises of grace. Maybe they will be provided for Boaz's introduction to the story, with it, there's hope of new life. And once again, we're shown that the Lord is abundantly kind. He provides a way for the poor and destitute, the broken and needy, the better and hurting to have hope. The Lord is abundantly kind. But there's one problem. Chapter two begins with no husbands, and no hope of the family line continuing. And chapter two ends that way too. And eventually the harvest will run out. And what happens then? Do you see how Ruth and Naomi need a more permanent solution? And so we need to turn to chapter three. And when we turn to chapter three, what we discover is we're encouraged to seek refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. This is the more permanent solution. Here's the big picture. In chapter two, we see the Lord's abundant kindness. And chapter three encourages us to seek refuge in the Lord of abundant kindness by seeking refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's start at the beginning of chapter three. And Yumi is seeking a more permanent solution and even greater kindness for her daughter-in-law, Ruth, And she says, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. But the problem is, Ruth is a Moabite, and we discovered last week that the Moabite people are the worst kind of people. They hate God's people, they curse them. And so Moabite women in this culture, well, they don't have a good reputation. And so who is going to marry Ruth? Naomi thinks the answer is Boaz. He's a man of good character and abundant kindness, but 
How exactly can this all take place? She can hardly walk up to him, a man of his standing, and drop the knee and say, marry me. And so how is this going to work out? Well, that night, when the winnowing was over, the workers of the harvest had finished eating and drinking, and then Boaz would be lying on a big pile of grain, guarding it through the night. And so Naomi essentially says to, to Ruth, get washed, put on a, a splash of perfume and, and your best clothes, and, and head down to where Boaz is lying, uncover his feet, and lie down beside him, and then wait for his instructions. Now, this isn't exactly good dating advice. Um, and in fact, it's quite ambiguous as to what exactly Naomi is telling Ruth to do. We might think that Naomi's instructions are a little bit less than PG. And perhaps this might be an example of seeking something that is good, but going about it the wrong way. And yet on the other hand, there's nothing in this text to suggest that Ruth does anything wrong here. In fact, the only words that we have about Ruth's character is, in verse 11, she was a woman of noble character. And so there's nothing uh, dodgy or explicit here. Uh, Rather, what we see is strong hints of intimacy. And Ruth is asking for for him to be their guardian redeemer. She's seeking refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. So Ruth goes down to the threshing floor and she does everything that she's been asked to do. But really, if you think about it, it's quite risky. It's the day of the judges. It's a dark world. And she's going out. It's dark and she's going to a threshing floor full of relaxed and off-duty men. And in doing so, what Naomi has told her to do, she's abandoning any sense of security and safety she may have. Instead, she is trusting in her Redeemer to protect her. Often we can try to protect ourselves. There's an insurance policy for about everything under the sun, and the reason they sell is because we crave security and safety and protection, and therefore we struggle to entrust ourselves fully to someone else in the way that Ruth does here. And yet entrusting ourselves to the Lord is our only hope. Likewise, Ruth realizes that entrusting herself to Boaz is her only hope. And so she lies, when Boaz lies down, she approaches quietly, she uncovers his feet, and she lies down too. But understandably, Boaz becomes startled, and, and he asks Ruth, who are you? And she says, I am your servant. And these next words are so significant for understanding this text. Spread the corner of your garments over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Now this is really, really key, because previously back in chapter two, Boaz had said, may the Lord, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel. And then he says, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. But now Ruth says to Boaz, spread the corner of your garment over me. And significantly, a more literal translation of Ruth's words are, spread your wings over your servant. Spread your wings over your servant. 
And so as Ruth comes to Boaz in the night, we're to understand the significance of these words. She's not looking to snuggle in tight, but rather she is seeking refuge under the wings of the Lord's Redeemer. And therefore, she shows us exactly what it is to take refuge in the Lord. To take refuge in the Lord is to take refuge, to seek refuge under the wings of the Lord's Redeemer. But who is this Redeemer? Who is theirs and who is ours? Well, for them, Boaz is willing to be their Redeemer, but there's a problem. There's yet another problem. Uh, there's another relative more closely related. And therefore, Boaz says, uh, if he wants to redeem you, that's his right. Let him do it. That's good. But if he's not willing, I'll do it. And so we're left waiting, waiting to find out who will be their redeemer. In fact, the chapter ends with Naomi saying, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. They're left waiting, waiting to find out what will happen. Who will redeem them? And this experience of waiting is familiar to us. And in this world, the only safe place is to find refuge in the Lord. And yet, even as we come under his wings, our rest is not final. We're left waiting for the day when all the sadness and brokenness is removed, when death is finally swallowed up. And, but just as Naomi was sure that Boaz wouldn't rest until the matter is sorted, our Redeemer won't rest until the matter is sorted. But until then, we wait and we seek refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. But again, who is this Redeemer? Well, I think as we've been considering Boaz, we're not to think, what a great guy. But Boaz, the Redeemer from Bethlehem, is to remind us of a greater Redeemer, a man from Bethlehem named Jesus. And Jesus is the Lord's abundant kindness embodied. He is the one who becomes our protector and our provider. He's the one who invites us to his table and makes us full. And we were once strangers and outsiders. And like Ruth, we say to our Redeemer, why should I find favor in your eyes? Why should you take notice of me? And yet it's true. Jesus does show us kindness and he does take notice of us. And isn't that what we need to hear this morning? Because Ruth faces us up to the harsh reality of life. Death cruelly interrupts happiness. Sickness robs us of joy and strength. We're left bitter and empty, restless and wanting. But when we turn to the Lord, what or who do we find? We find a redeemer named Jesus. One who notices us, one who's able to keep us and hold us. He's the only safe place in this world full of harsh realities. And so surrender yourself and entrust yourself to Jesus. Turn to seek refuge in the Lord of abundant kindness by seeking refuge under his Redeemer's wings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so often left feeling empty and bitter by life. But we thank you for this reminder this morning that you are always good and that you are abundantly kind. And so, Lord, help us to turn to you, to trust you, 
And we thank you that under your wings there is refuge, that in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is the only safe place in this world. And we thank you that through life and death, he becomes our refuge. We thank you for your kindness and your love and your unending goodness towards us. And as we leave here this morning, may you warm our hearts with that picture of Christ, the Lord of abundant kindness, the Redeemer in whom we find refuge. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.